What did you tell me before the show started? Connecticut is spelled very peculiarly. It's a very, very weird, <laughs> it's weird not. spelling of a place. Why? What is that C doing in there? No one calls it Connecticut. Wait, which C? The, the one, one toward the, the end? So it's connect, I, cut. Which one of those three words do you not like the C in? The con- connect. Well, I guess it's the connect or the cut, really. But Well, no, because people call it Connecticut, right? Connecticut. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. no one says Connecticut. Is that what, it's the C in the middle that's the problem. How do you spell How do you say the word connect? Just regular old connect. Connect. Right. So but why is it pronounced not... any different in Connecticut? Oh, see, I just did it wrong just now because you got it all, you're all up in my head now. Right, because I don't say, oh, I need to connect. Connect. I don't take that C out. Mm-hmm. I say connect, right? That, that C goes in. But you don't call the place Connecticut. You call it Connecticut. Right, I you don't okay, make that okay. C sound. I see what you're saying. Why are you even thinking about Connecticut of all the uh, was, amazing U.S. states there are? I was writing the word Connecticut in an iMessage, and who are you uh, talking to about the state of Connecticut? This is not important. I want to know. <sighs> this is very important. It's a wrestling joke. Okay, is that what you want to <laughs> hear me say? Is that what you want? No, actually, I had no idea what this was. Oh, is it because the McMahons are from there? That is what I'm talking about. How yes. proud of you? How proud of me are you right now? Well, I would be more proud if you hadn't told me a moment ago before we went on the air that you went to university there or college there. So No, I went to high school there, Mike. You went to high school there then. You, so you have an affinity with the place. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that the McMahon family are... Uh, very popular in Connecticut. I'm sure that they're like hometown uh, heroes. Depends on how you define popular, but um, there you have to consider that um, infamous at least. I, I can go with that. Um, you know, Connecticut. I I enjoyed my time there. It has a lot going for it. Um, it doesn't. There's not a lot of remarkable things that are really homegrown in Connecticut, but it does have a lot of remarkable people that live there because. Greenwich, Connecticut, which is way in the southwest of Connecticut, um, that's not terribly far from New York City. So if you're really wealthy and you don't want to live in the city, but you want to be close to the city, oftentimes you'll move to Greenwich, Connecticut. And I think that's where the McMahons are. I believe Martha Stewart is there. Um, All sorts of different celebrities are there. The rest of Connecticut goes between very affluent and complete scuzz hole, depending on where you are. And it takes about three hours to cross the entire state, the long way. Hmm. It's it's a fascinating place. But that's where I was from 16 through, no. No, I I moved there in eighth grade, so I was like 14, 15 until about 18. So that was why I was writing Connecticut. (laughs) You mean Connecticut? I mean Connecticut. Because you were talking about the McMahons. With whom were you talking about the McMahons, Michael? With my brother. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you, know, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't have to be embarrassed about that. That's fine. Because as we record this, um, tomorrow night I'm going to a show. I'm going to a wrestling show. Do you want to just make this a wrestling episode? We can just make this a wrestling episode. Do you want to do that? I mean, I'm not prepared, but sure. Why don't we just do it? I mean, this is going to be the last one of the year. Let's, let's go out of a bang. It does mean you're going to have to ask me a bunch of questions about it, though. All right, well... And you're going to have to be respectful of me, too. 
No promises. No, I'll I'll try hard. I'll try hard. I already we were at a family function over the weekend, and I already had one family member laughing at me about it. To which I then had to explain to him many of the things I'm probably going to explain to you over the course of this episode. Let me start off by saying what I'm doing tomorrow. Well, actually, I think we need to preface the preface, which is to say this is completely unplanned by Mike and I. We have a document full of show notes that we're probably going to end up ignoring. So this this is going to be a little adventure for all of us, for, for you, Mike, for me, and for anyone listening. So bear with us as we fumble through this. Mike, what, do you, what, what, what are, were you doing at this family function? Well, the family function was just a pre-Christmas dinner. Okay. Um, because there's a bigger group of our family. Not everyone's together on Christmas Day, so a couple of weeks before we have a kind of mock Christmas, I guess you could call it, right, where everybody gets together and has a, a, has a big Christmas dinner. So at that Christmas dinner, we, me and my older brother were talking about this event that we're going to tomorrow, and one of the members of my family was laughing as as, as he is wont to do, and I had to explain to him or defend myself as I am one to do, which, again, I will do over the course of this episode. So tomorrow, me and my older brother are going to a uh, resting show at Wembley Arena, which is like a 13,000-seat arena, which one of the one of the That's bigger ones is? we have in London. It's one of the bigger ones in London. No, you're thinking of Wembley Stadium. Oh, yes, I think you're right. Wembley Arena is next door to Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium has a capacity of... 90,000. Yes. Okay, that's definitely what I'm thinking of. Because uh, didn't Muse a few years back play a really big show there? They sure did. I saw Coldplay there. And I bet they that were was good. incredible. They're playing four nights back to back there Oof. in June. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you know, that's a lot of people. It's like 350,000 people. Good grief. That's incredible. That's a um, lot of people. So yeah, but the, as it's called, the SSE Arena right now because of corporate sponsorship. Um, the Wembley Arena is twelve and a half thousand people. Genuine question: Is Wembley like an area, like, or is that that's so Wembley that's not is the an corporate? Area. Okay, Wembley, so Wembley Arena and Wembley Stadium are in Wembley. It's a place called Wembley. Gotcha. And the Wem- Wembley Stadium and Wembley Arena are n- literally next to each other. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's not uh, it's not even a joke. Like, if you look at them on Google Maps, you'll see like it's actually in a place called Wembley Park, which was basically encapsulates the arena and the and the stadium gotcha and um, is this in the city limits of london well i know that's a little squishy no, with london it's outside. but it's 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 this it's uh it's at the end of one of the tube lines basically yeah gotcha there, thereabouts so it's 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 going to be a journey it's like a nearly a two-hour journey for me from home because like an hour Oof. into london and then an hour out the other way um but yeah so we're going to a, a show tomorrow um which is so this is where it starts to get more complicated than is necessary. So obviously, the the major wrestling promotion now is called the WWE, right? Was the WWF, but the Wildlife Foundation sued them, mm-hmm. um, and they have an offshoot brand which is on their streaming service only called NXT, which is run by a guy who used to be a wrestler but is now married to Stephanie McMahon, mm-hmm. and is a senior executive in the company. He has his own kind of. Within the WWE umbrella, he has his own brand called NXT, which is awesome. And it is their training program, but they've created a great show out of it. And for wrestling fans right now, it's the best one. 
because okay. it's more old school. So slow down. So let me make yeah. sure I got this right. So you're not going to get it right. I'm, I'm, I'm already. My face is already going red talking about this. No, 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 no. Uh, no, I'm not trying to make fun of you yet. I know you're not. So, I know you're not. But I'm very, I'm very conscious of this. Like this is why this this topic was originally going to be things Mike and Casey are embarrassed about, but you couldn't think of anything. So well, now I'm sure here we are. Oh, there's a million things, but I just can never think of them. So we'll stumble on one once, and then we'll make a whole episode out of this, and then I'll yeah. then I'll understand how uncomfortable you are right now. Um, so the WWE, which I will probably honestly mistakenly call WWF because I, it was WWF, it was for WWF for the majority of my lifetime. Right. So the WWE has a separate but wholly owned like sub league for lack of a better word called NXT. And that's kind of like the minors where the WWE is the majors, if you will, if we're using a baseball analogy. That is the perfect way of explaining it. It was created originally to just be a training facility Mm -hmm. for, for people trying to learn their way in the business, but it was owned by WWE because if you got through the training phase, you would be brought up to the main roster of stars. But over as when the WWE created the WWE Network, which you may know of because it was installed on your own Apple TVs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they were looking for programming to fill the time um, because it's a 24-hour streaming network. And so what they did was they created a reality show about the training facility, which then over time morphed into a complete kind of well the the reality show existed before the network and then over time and then as the network launched it became a like a show of its own so they have mm. raw and smackdown right did we have raw mm. and smackdown mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. network television and so it's that set up but called nxt and it's kind of treated as a separate thing even though it's you know, it's it's well well, and it's, they don't try and hide the fact that it's owned by the WWE. That's the whole point of it. Is you have like the whole goal of being in NXT is to go to WWE, but it is different, and and so they have storylines. You know, they have people doing things in NXT and doing things in WWE, and sometimes they kind of pretend that they're not doing the other. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they try and treat it like its own thing. And it is it is more old school, which is why it appeals to wrestling fans, um, because these days the, the main product, the WWE product, is more geared towards children. Oh, and I didn't the younger, know that. And the younger audiences, yeah. They, they, they have tried to make it a family-friendly show. Interesting. Um, and NXT is less like that. It is more old school. And that is mainly because they don't need advertisers. Hmm. So they can do whatever they want and they can be a bit more edgy and they can be a bit more grown up, not adult grown up. They're not mm-hmm. doing the risque things that they used to do in the 90s anymore. Um, but they don't have to worry about advertisers. Um, so they don't need to cater to a family friendly audience. Like the family friendly nature of it means that like nobody bleeds on TV anymore. Um, and if anybody bleeds accidentally, they try their best to change the camera angle and get a doctor into the ring to try and like staple them up as quickly as possible, which mm. actually does happen. People get staples in their heads whilst in the ring, which is a, must be horrific. Yeah. That does uh, not sound fun, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, yeah, so, so professional wrestling in, in the capacity that we're talking about 
my understanding of it is it it is something that masquerades and and just hear me out before I, before mm-hmm. you jump on me it masquerades as an honest to goodness sporting event but the reality behind it is that the winners and the losers are almost always if not always predetermined and so you could make an argument that the entire match is just one long bit of choreography in order to get to the result that's been preordained without nitpicking. Is that so far at least reasonable? And then we'll get to nitpicking in a second. It is reasonable for people that grew up in the eighties and nineties. Okay. So the reason that Mike may or may not be embarrassed by this is because your average person. and, And I think I, I see both sides of this coin, I, I think, but but generally speaking, I don't pay attention to wrestling. And so to me, I think, oh, well, it's fake. So let's start there. Is wrestling fake? Depends what you, it depends what you're referring to, right? So mm-hmm. do these people hate each other? Some of them do, but for mm-hmm. different reasons than they portray on TV. Okay. Like, for example, there was an actual storyline a few years ago. This is tangent number one. <laughs> where um, there were two guys and one guy was married to a woman and the other guy and this woman were having an affair and that was the rivalry. And that, that was actually based on something that was really happening in real life. Okay, so who were the actual people? What were their names? A guy called Matt Hardy. Okay. That was his real name, I think. And his wife's name, or his girlfriend's name was Lita. Mm-hmm. And... Lita was having an affair with a guy who goes by the wrestling name as Edge. Okay. That was something that was really happening. It got mm-hmm. out into the world. People found out about it. And then they turned it into a thing on the TV. And so to the best of your knowledge, Matt and Edge, is that right? Yeah. They really do hate each other now because I would probably hate each other. If you I would have act. expected so, right? I mean, I don't really know the ins and outs of the, the mm-hmm. situation, but mm-hmm. I don't know how they couldn't have hated each other, but they were able to be professional enough. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that so that's that's but basically so. Well, it's interesting to me though that when I ask you, is it fake? For whatever reason, you jumped to are the stories fake? Whereas what I was mostly referring to is is the athletic the athleticism behind it. You know, it, it if if the end of the game or if the end of the match is preordained, then the whole thing is a sham, right? So I went to the story part because it's the easier answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I'll look at that. Someone's got a Reddit thread. What was the real truth behind Matt? Hmm. I'm going to put that in the show notes because if people really want to know that they can. Uh, right. The reason that I go to the storyline stuff is the storyline is easier, right? Mm-hmm. And and the storylines, the stories, the the things that happen on TV, and, and I'll reference uh, soap opera because I'll come back to that later. That that's easier to explain by just saying that by and by on the whole, that is just all fictional because mm-hmm, it's to mm-hmm. tell the stories, to, to give an emotional investment to the viewers in the matches. The athleticism is 100% athleticism. Um, the matches are preordained. To say it's choreography is not correct. Um, what happens in most most matches, except for the maybe the most important or the most dangerous, physically dangerous matches, the majority, the vast majority of the match is decided by the wrestlers as they are having that match. 
It is not like choreographed beforehand. Interesting. Um, like okay. Sometimes two opponents will go to a show, they arrive on the day, and then find out who their opponent is that day. Like they don't know in in, a, in way in advance. Um, and basically, you see it and you can hear it. And once you know what you're looking for, you can sometimes catch them talking to each other as they're... Um, you will sometimes catch them talking to each other as they're fighting to to kind of say what they want to do next and what they're going to do next. Really? Obviously, the best ones, you don't see them do this, but you can catch them do this. And when you say talking to each other, you mean like somebody will quietly grunt, I don't know, I can't think of a good wrestling move off the top of my head, but like, I'm about to punch you now, but with less words? or Yeah, they will have their own codes and phrases that they'll use and... There are specific moves and stuff that are tailored towards planning out. So, like, someone puts someone in a headlock and is talking to them. Mm. You know, and, and mm-hmm. the best ones, they mm-hmm. can make it look like they're talking smack. But mm-hmm. they're actually saying, like, I'm going to whip you to there and then you're going to come over here and suplex me. And, you know, and they play out these sequences. And, I mean, and also a lot of it is, the you know, they're just so good at what they're doing, they can just flow and react to what's happening. Sure. Right? So, like, they may say, like, you know, we're going to do a suplex from the top rope. But there might be like 20 moves that need to happen between that and that, but they're both such professionals that they know what takes them to that point. Gotcha. But the, 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 main, the main issue that I have with the fake part is all of this stuff is, is it's not real, but it's not fake because these are two people who are doing a lot of the things that they're doing and then they will hurt. There's there's no scenario in where falling, you know, having somebody flip you over and and having someone like hold you in a suplex move and then throw you down to the ground. It's all hurting, right? Cuz those rings are just canvas and wood. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they there's wood and it's wooden canvas cuz it gives bounce, right? So it impact it like it's like a shock absorber, but there's no world that it doesn't hurt. It, they, it does hurt. Of course it hurts, but they're all very physically conditioned, right? They're all well taken care of. They're all well trained. They're all strong people, so they can take a lot of it. But people get injured all the time, like all the time. Like they just had to, their champion, the, the WWE champion, like a month ago, had to give up the title because he shattered his kneecap in the ring. Oh, and this was presumably like halfway through a match and he just had to soldier on. Yeah, a lot of the time that they will have injuries like that and finish. Yeah, that's insane. There, like, there's... they have people with broken necks. Um, there was this one guy who, uh, this happened to a couple of different people, actually, where his, uh, his quadricep um, tore away from the bone. Oh, yikes. Um, these things, like, they, they happen to them all the time, and they, they do get genuinely hurt. But, like, it hurts them every time they go in the ring because they're they're hitting each other, right? And a lot of the a lot of the sort of the general strikes, you know, like the kicks and the slaps and the punches are like stunt fighting. But a lot of it can't be can't be faked, right? So a lot of the moves where somebody is being lifted into the air in some manner and hitting the ground, like there's no way you can fake the impact because the impact's actually happening. You are landing. Right. 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 So it's a very complicated thing these days, the fakeness of it. And the only reason that this is a problem is because when we were kids, it was real. Mm. You know, that was what mm-hmm. you were told, 
Mm -hmm. It was real. And these days, they don't do that. They don't say it's fake, but they don't have the veil up anymore. Like, they have a a show, the WWE produces a show called Breaking Ground, which is like a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to be a wrestler. And they have the wrestlers talking to the camera and referring to their characters. Weird. Okay. You know, they are saying like, oh, as this character, like, oh, as this person, I play this. And they also talk about like, you see like people getting fired, like actually getting fired, right, from the training thing. And then they leave and they're gone again, you know, gone forever or whatever. But you see actual people and you see like what it's like when they're training. And you see people that are like on the TV shows, they are bitter rivals. But at the training center, they're laughing together, they're traveling together. So they don't. They are respectful now of the people like me who watch it for entertainment, but don't believe that it's real. And and but in the same vein, they are respectful of the children that do believe it's real. Right. So that actually is a perfect segue to one of the things I was going to ask you, which is, what do you find so appealing about professional wrestling? What what entertains you about it? Let me take a break. Yes, let's do that. This episode is brought to you by Hover, the best way to buy and manage domain names. I love Hover.com because when you have an idea for a project, and as I've had many ideas for many projects over the years, you need a domain name and Hover is the best place to go and find one. They have all of the domains that you'd expect, you know, your .coms, .co's, .me's. They have all of the new ones as well. I don't need to list them to you. You know how crazy they are, but they do have them if you need them for any reason. There are some that make sense. There are some that are good for, for jokes. Is it marco.coffee that you own? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there are some that are good for jokes. Uh, But the great thing about Hover is they provide a simple, fast and hassle-free method of searching for and buying that domain name. And that's the great thing, right? You're not faced by a thousand screens, a ton of add-ons, stupidly high prices where you have to like play this assault course as you try and buy the domain from the company. You don't need to do any of this with Hover.com. I've been in scenarios before I came to Hover where I was dealing with stuff like that. There are some of these companies that have locked up domains for me for years and I've basically kind of just let die because it's so difficult to get them out. Although Hover do have a great valet service where they'll do that for you if those domains are important to you. That's really good, actually. No matter how many domains you have, Hover can just pull them out of that horrible cesspit of a place and put them into the (laughs) the nirvana of Hover.com, which when you've been doing anything online for, you know, anything over 10 years or something, you'll know just how much of a relief Hover.com is. They have fantastic support as well. If you do have any issues, and I have had issues, like there was this one time where I uh, stopped receiving email for a while because I changed email provider with the domain that I was using um, and didn't select one of the CNAME records or something correctly. And I emailed Hover and they were like, we know what you've done. It's this. And I was like, oh, thank you, Hover. He's so useful. You fixed my problem for me. They also have great, fantastic uh, support over the phone as well. They have a no hold, no wait, no transfer telephone support policy. They have that email support that I just mentioned. They have a bunch of great guides on their site as well. Uh, they have that valet service that I spoke about. They also have something called Hover Connect now, where in just a few clicks you can connect your new domain with the website or service that you're looking to connect it to so you don't have to do all that copying and pasting of DNS records. You should really go to Hover.com. If you ever need a domain, they're the place that you should go to. And you want to use the code Fortnite, that's F-O-R-T-N-I-G-H-T, at checkout. You'll get 10% off your first purchase at Hover.com and show your support for this show and all the great shows at Relay FM. Thank you so much to Hover for sponsoring this week's show. 
So right before the break, I had said, you know, what is it that you find appealing about professional wrestling? What keeps you interested? Um, why, why do you find it so entertaining, fascinating, impressive, whatever? Um, and if you choose to, I'd be curious to also hear you kind of segue this into how you got into it in the first place. I want to start with that, actually, because that's okay. pretty, it's pretty important that I start this way. So okay. I got into professional wrestling as a kid, like many kids of my age are into it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, did you watch it as a kid? Uh, I, not as a kid, but in high school. And we should talk about that a little more. But why don't you finish your thoughts and then we can come back to that. The high school was maybe in the late 90s to early 2000s. Yes, yeah, that was, it was everyone was into it. Yep, late nineties, um, the Attitude Era, as it was called. Um, but I got into it as a much younger kid. I was maybe four or five, you know, like in the very early nineties uh, when I start when I was watching wrestling. And I started watching it because my older brother watched it, and he watched it because everybody did. Mm-hmm. Um, like I went to, we were talking about Wembley Stadium. Uh, I went to SummerSlam '92. At the old Wembley Stadium, that's the I think that's the biggest event they've ever done in the UK. The SummerSlam is one of the two big events that they like. They do like a, a pay per view event, as they call it, every month. They do one, but SummerSlam is the second biggest they do every year. And for whatever reason, in 1992, they decided to have that in London. They've never done it since. Um, they do events here, but never the big ones. And I was in the audience for that, um, and I kind of, you know, as you mentioned, I watched it. Uh, all throughout my uh, kind of early teens, um, because in, in the late 90s and early 2000s, everyone watched the WWE um, and WCW. Like, it mm. was the prime time. It was like the most money made in primetime TV. Like, it was huge then. And it's never been as big um, as it was then. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Stone Cold Steve Austin is the biggest star that there will probably ever be. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bigger than Hulk? Big, he's bigger than Hulk Hogan. It's, I think I read this recently that um, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin was a bigger money draw uh, for merchandise sales and TV sales than Hulk Hogan was. Hmm. In their prime, uh, Stone Cold made more money than Hulk. Hmm. That's I know it's, it's hard to believe, right? Because it just felt because Hulk Hogan's been around for longer. And he wrestled for longer. Like uh, Steve Austin's career was shorter because of a neck inder- injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he he was in both of them in their prime. Stone Cold was a bigger bigger star than Hong Kong. Um, and so I watched it then, and I kind of then went in and out over a few years. Kind of after that stuff started to settle down. I think basically after WCW went out of business, I maybe stuck around for a little bit longer and then stopped watching it because it got less exciting. And then last year, yeah, last Christmas, I my brothers kind of kept watching it and I'd stopped watching it. And, and I used to watch maybe like WrestleMania every year or something just because it was fun to always watch that big one. And I'd maybe catch the occasional thing here or there and, and kind of kept up with it on the periphery. But yeah, last, last Christmas... My younger brother was watching one of the NXT specials, which is I'm going to one of those tomorrow. Um, And it looked really different and interesting. Uh, And I watched it and I've been hooked for the last year since Uh, to to that. And just I'm I'm back into all of wrestling in general. Uh, And part of that is because of how easy it is to watch 
stuff on the on their streaming service. Mm-hmm. They don't have their big shows like Raw and SmackDown on on that service because of deals they have with cable companies. Um, but they create a lot of original programming that goes around it, and all of the pay per views are on there. So, and it's like it's like. I signed up for it when it was in the US, even with my UK information. So I pay like six pounds a month, but it's like nine pounds a month. And they have a lot of stuff. Like if you are a wrestling fan, like there is a lot going on um, on the WWE network. So it can kind of keep you, uh, it can kind of keep you entertained for many hours. So yeah, since for the last year, I've been super hooked um, on the wrestling again, and and the NXT stuff. Um, the NXT means as much to me now, kind of, of how interested I am in and how kind of emotionally invested I am in it, and as it did for me when I used to watch it during the Attitude Era, the Stone Cold time. So you said that when you watched that NXT thing, it, you found it interesting and different, and it seems like that's what kind of brought it back around. So what about it was interesting and different and with the eye on, you know, the the original question that led us down this path was, you know, what do you like about wrestling in general? NXT is one hour a week. Uh, Raw, their biggest kind of cable show, is three hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and three hours is too much. Like, the, the ratings for Raw currently, I think, are the lowest they have ever been. Um, and that's, they're suffering from a few different problems. Like, creatively, it's getting a bit boring. But the main issue of it is the fact that their main show is three hours long. And it's too much to fill. And there even now some people in the company are publicly talking in investor calls about the fact that they don't know how to fix this issue that they found themselves in. Hmm. Um, But it's less interesting now than it used to be. And it's not just because of the family-friendly stuff. Because when they get it right, I find it very entertaining. But it's just that they they get it wrong a lot a lot more often. And with NXT only being one hour every week, it's a lot easier to come up with interesting things sure. to happen in that time. But more than anything, it's just because it's got this like new and exciting feel about it and it's more gritty and because these people are learning, they're like really super invested and involved, right? Because they're trying to make a a, a big step in their careers. And it just plays into a lot more of what I like. The actual um, quality of the matches are better as well because they have mm. more exciting people who are willing to do more exciting things and maybe take more risks, and the risks are exciting to watch. Um, and also they, they build more... Because the show is more focused, they take more time to tell the stories, and, and those stories are told out in the promos, which is when people talk um, either to the camera or to each other, and also telling the story of the match. Like you, there is a rhythm that you build in a match, which gets you more and more excited as it goes along, right? And it's, they refer to it as like telling the story of the match. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. All right. So you seem to keep coming back to the story. To me, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound to me like it's clear you enjoy the matches, but it doesn't sound to me like that's the what really draws you in it sounds yeah. to me like it's the it's the stories that draw you in is that fair yeah on on nxt the matches are better so i enjoy it more there but on the main product the, I, I tend not to actually watch it for the quality of the matches on raw like i watch the matches on the pay-per-views because they're more exciting they put more effort into them um but the ones on raw are a lot of the time not that great 
uh, and it's the stories that they build that I find the, the most interesting about it, which is so I mentioned soap opera a little while ago. Mm-hmm. WWE is my soap opera. It is my stories. Um, I just enjoy watching and seeing the interesting things that they do to tell these conflicts and triumphs between people. That is what I enjoy about all of this. Like that is what I have always enjoyed about it, and and it's it's what continues to have me keep coming back. I like to see the new things that they do. I like to see the new angles that they take. I like to see like who are the new kind of where are these new rivalries coming from, and how do they bubble up, and how do they go kind of across their path. Like I enjoy it for the reason that anybody enjoys any TV show that they watch. But the problem is that this TV show has a big stigma because of how we were all taught about it when we were kids. So let's talk about that. My, if you were to ask me to describe pro wrestling in one word, I would probably say, well, it's fake. Yeah. That's what everybody says. And, and we, we talked about that a little already, but from your point of view, you, you know, we, we said in the beginning of the show that this was intended to be both of us talking about what embarrasses us, and because I'm a terrible co-host, I haven't played my part in this role. But what is it that embarrasses you about saying you enjoy professional, professional wrestling? It embarrasses me because of the way people react. So they laugh and they jeer and they make jokes. And saying that you like professional wrestling seems to be one of the only like widely accepted things that you're able to mock somebody for these days <laughs> because everyone else is in on it right you can everybody can laugh at the person that likes professional wrestling because the people of my age uh there aren't a lot of us and the ones that there are like me tend to stay quite closeted about it where possible um mm-hmm. but i've just started opening up a little more about this anyway over time um, like anybody that looks at kind of what I favorite on Twitter and what I like on Instagram would know I was a wrestling fan. <laughs> Fair you know, enough. Like it's not hard to see that stuff. And, to, and and there was for a while, like I wouldn't follow any accounts and I wouldn't favor anything, but like I've started to just like let go of it a little bit and not worry about it so much. Um, but the, yeah, it it just, it's embarrassing because of the way that people react to you. Like, if I said that I watched EastEnders, which is a real crummy soap opera here in the UK, people might think it was strange, but they wouldn't, like, make jokes, really, I don't think. Mm-hmm. They would maybe laugh, like, oh, that's a weird thing to watch. Like, isn't that for women or whatever, you know, they would say. It's, it's probably what people would say. Okay. Um, or, like, grandmas and stuff like that. But they wouldn't really, like, they wouldn't make it. They wouldn't say to you, oh, that's fake. Like, well, of course it's fake. We all know it's fake. It's sure. a soap opera. And the only reason that it is a joke is because of the fact that as kids we were told that it was real. Like, I think that in maybe 15 years' time, when, like, you know, as the kids that are young now watching it, that they believe it's real, grow up, this won't exist anymore because the WWE doesn't try and keep it real anymore. They, they don't... Um, they are open. They have the veil up to a point, right? So, like, a lot of social media accounts that the wrestlers operate, they operate as their characters, and it's an extension of their character. But they still now, they create the um, they create programming where they reference the fact that it's not real, you know? Mm, they do a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff. Uh, the wrestlers go on podcasts and talk about the characters. Like, they are able to do things that they couldn't have done back in the 80s and 90s. 
but they do all of that now. So as you grow up now as a wrestling fan, you just slowly realize over time, yeah, that it's that it's not a fake thing. But they don't they don't try and hide it anymore. So I don't think that this perception will continue into the future. But like, well, as I keep talking about, but I know I keep saying the same things. But like when we were kids, it was real, and. There were, and adults believed it was real because they said it was real and, and everybody believed it was real. So, and you know, and, and it was, and when people would say, oh, it's fake, people would have real arguments about the fact that it was real. Yeah, you know, people of all ages, but that's just not a perception that exists anymore because it's not one that the WWE continues to try and fight. So when did it become not real like was there some scandal at some point no it just transitioned over time uh, as i think as times changed they just stopped trying to hold on to it you know as as audiences as viewing audiences became more savvy in general they just stopped trying to keep up the pretense hmm. okay interesting so going back just a step um you had talked about the show Breaking Ground, which, if I recall correctly, you said was this NXT like, here's how we're how how people train and here's mm-hmm. how they, you know, become wrestlers. Does does seeing that because you said you like it, right? Yeah. So does seeing that take away because no. you're showing because you're seeing how the sausage is made, if you will? No way, man. It adds to it because as a fan of wrestling, I want to see that stuff. And seeing the people that I know who are working hard on playing these characters, seeing how hard they work and how much it means to them makes it mean more to me. Mm, okay. like, I feel very emotional when I watch NXT in general because I really love it. And when my favorite wrestlers win, I am very happy about that. Um, it's, again, like if you watch a TV show, that you really love. Like think of a drama or something that you really love and the character in your drama has something great that happens to them or they're in trouble and you get really worried about it. Like you have those feelings, right? When you when you love a TV show, you get invested in the characters. Sure. And that's all this is. I mean, so like, I feel like I have to keep going back to that because I know every time I say something like that, people think it's stupid. But then I feel like I have to, if I put it in the terms of think of it like a TV show, not like a sport. Think of it like a TV show and it changes the perception of it. And for a long time they called it sports entertainment. They stopped they don't refer they don't call it professional wrestling. The WWE has a no-no on calling it professional wrestling because it's not that. There is a thing called professional there is professional wrestling. It's what they do in the Olympics, right? And mm, they know this. Mm-hmm. This is like part of that whole thing. They call it sports entertainment. They don't call it sports. They never call it sport. It's always sport entertainment, sports entertainment, always. Because they are, and and they don't even think of it like sport. It is a, it is more entertainment. The name of the company is World Wrestling Entertainment now. Like, that's what the E in, in WWE mm-hmm. is for. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they don't try and hide it. It is a TV show. So I am very invested in the characters. And when I know that the people that play those characters and see how hard they work and uh, I get really, I get more and more invested in them because I like to see them succeed, as well so, as their characters. So it sounds like the real issue, if you were to put your yourself in the headspace of someone like me who doesn't really understand wrestling, 
the real issue is that I perceive it to be something that's masquerading as sports, yep. but in reality is just scripted television. Scripted yeah. television that just so happens to involve a lot of honest-to-goodness athleticism, but scripted television nevertheless. That's the, the problem is that it blurs the line so much, right? And it's because of the athleticism. And you look at it and be like, oh, but I know it's preordained, right? So there's no winner or loser. Like There's so many things that go backwards and forwards that make it a problem right that that that's what makes it a problem because there the the line is so blurry and you end up in a scenario where as an outsider looking at this all you can you can kind of see that they're doing stuff that looks athletic but then you know it's fake so you think the whole thing must be fake and that like you know like i often heard as a yeah, you know, as I was growing up, people saying, "Oh, the the rings are all cushioned," like, mm-hmm. which they're not, right? Like, I, you know, you, I've seen them put them together. Um, like, I, they're not cushioned. They they are again, as I said before, they are built in such a way that landing on it, you try not to have your ankle broken, right? They are shock absorbed, <laughs> but it's wood and canvas. Like that's all there is. Uh, but like it, it's easy as an outsider to look at it and be like, the one thing you know is it's fake. So you think it's all fake. So then why is it looking like it's athletic in any way? Like how can that be the case? And, you know, like I, I watched the thing over the weekend where they had people jumping from like 10 or 11 feet onto onto like other people that were laying on top of, wooden tables and stuff like there's no way any of that can be fake right they again like they can make sure that the table breaks in such a way that it absorbs the blows but there's still people jumping from that eye down to another one and there was one guy who got punched in the head and his eyebrow got busted open now anytime you see blood these days that's real because they don't cut themselves anymore they used to do that right they used to have razor blades or whatever that they would cut themselves with to to make the blood when blood was the thing that people wanted to see people still want to see it but they don't want it happening mm-hmm. right so there's like they have a no bleeding rule now um so when you see somebody bleed now they've been cut and that's not fake you know they've been cut as a result of the action in the ring not as yeah. a result of some sort of show exactly so there was this one where a guy uh got his head busted open after a punch was thrown, right? So what happened was the punch was, the punch connected above his eyebrow and busted his eyebrow open. So, you know, and then this guy continues going on about his match, like it doesn't matter. If someone punches me in the head and my eyebrow busts open, I am a mess of a human. Yeah. You know? So that's oh, what I'm definitely. saying. Like it, that they are they are very strong people, and that's why they can do all the things that they do and get through them. But me and you, we can't do any of the stuff that they do because oh, I couldn't man. absorb a blow. Like they do these ones where, like, um, one of the one of the big things that that they do that's real is chopping chests. So like, uh, open hand hitting a chest, mm-hmm. and they actually make that connection because. It doesn't hurt as much as a punch, and you you make a real connection, and it makes a sound. Sure. Right? And the sounds make noise in the arena. But if someone hits me open 
palmed on the chest. That really hurts. <laughs> and the thing is, like, whenever somebody chops someone on the chest, I like put them in the corner and do it like ten times in a row. Right, right, right. You know, so like there are these things where it's like you got to appreciate that these are people that are hurting themselves, but they can do it because they are strong and they are tough. But that's when it then also makes it harder to believe about the fake versus real stuff. Because how can they actually... They're obviously not hitting each other because it's fake. I know it to be fake. It's like, well, but it's not. (laughs) And that's the problem. What I just said then, it's not fake. I know what I mean by that. But as a defense to somebody who's saying it's fake, that just makes it sound like I'm the five-year-old boy again. Right. Yeah, that's, that's very well put, actually. All right, let me just take a quick break, and then you can continue to ask me more uh, grueling questions. This week's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code FEELS at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. When it comes to giving yourself a place on the internet, you should be checking out Squarespace. You can build a fantastic-looking site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no coding experience required. And even if you do understand how to code, you know how to do all that stuff, maybe you just don't want to have to spend the time building something and then maintaining it. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology that they use to power your site, but they also ensure security and stability with this as well. This is what you get in the package. They're trusted by millions of people around the world because they take care of all this stuff for you. You can you can build your website, then you don't have to worry about it going down. You don't have to worry about patching to the latest version because they take care of all of that stuff, which is not necessarily the way it is on other platforms and in other systems. Squarespace's site templates are all fantastic to look at and they all feature responsive design. So it makes your site look great on all devices and it's really easy to build and customize with their intuitive and easy to use tools. Squarespace have 24-7 support with live chat and email. They have teams located in New York, Dublin, and Portland who are there to help you whenever you need them. Excuse me. They have their commerce... They have their commerce platform, which allows anyone to add a store to their Squarespace site, cover page functionality to build great-looking single-page websites, rock-solid fast hosting, and so much more. And if you want to stretch Squarespace even further, their dev platform is now of beta and available to everyone, and they've added even more functionality than ever before, allowing you to take your Squarespace site further and further further squarespace plans start at just eight dollars a month you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required and start building your own website today by going to squarespace.com and when you decide to sign up make sure that you use their offer code feels f-e-e-l-s to get 10 percent off your first purchase and show your support for this show we'd like to thank squarespace for continuing to support relay fm squarespace build it beautiful so over time does the I almost said the word sport, and I, and I don't mean that derisively, but for lack of a better word, does the sport evolve? Like, does the are, are there new moves that happen in the oh, ring? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It really it evolves in a few different ways. Um, just as people's, uh, it has to get more and more risky and violent over time, and 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 higher in uh, energy over time, and. It's not that this happens at a, in a perceptible way. Um, there have been times where it was more violent than it was now, but the trend line goes up because mm. the more and more of the same stuff as fans we see, the less exciting it is, and then it's not working anymore. right? So right, over right. time, the risk-taking gets higher and higher, and that changes the sport. right? So t- different types of people are champions. The, Many years ago, it was known as the big guy era, 
It's like all of the champions <laughs> were just these huge men, right? Like massively muscular men. But now a lot of the champions, not all, but a lot of the champions are smaller framed men mm-hmm. um, because they are more athletic and can do more visually interesting things in the ring. And one of the really interesting things that's happening right now, one of the reasons that I love NXT is that women's wrestling is becoming a big thing. So historically, women's wrestling has has been the point where people go to the bathroom or they right. go get a drink mm-hmm. because it was always um, women that were employed just because they looked good and not because they were athletes. So any of the wrestling was by maybe people of lesser ability. But now, like in the NXT especially, like some of the best matches are the women's matches because they employ these women because they are excellent at what they do. Uh, like recently, one of the NXT events had the first ever, it was a two first ever, it was the first ever 30-minute Iron Person match. They called it an Iron Man match, which was kind of annoying. It was the, thir- the first 30-minute Iron Man match had by two women. So that means the match had a fixed time limit of 30 minutes, okay. which is an incredibly long time to do something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and also, it was the main event on that show. It was the final match. It was two women, and it was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Uh, because the two women are are excellent, so there is a there is a tide shift now in that the what I really hate the women wrestlers that are called divas that is what they are called um, the men are called superstars they're called superstars and divas that is the name that they use that they, they get that's kind of crummy yeah I mean it's bad for both of them it's worse for the women but it's all like it's bad for everyone I I think it's they don't want when they originally came up they didn't want to call them men and women they wanted to give it something a bit more cool sounding in the 90s Um, and like in NXT the championship is called the women's championship rather than the divas championship in WWE so it's more NXT is more about like what the future's like I think it's their proving ground for a lot of this stuff but like the NXT women's division is just fantastic so that's one of the bigger changes that's happening now as well and it's going to permeate over the next few years as women wrestlers are getting so much more physically strong and physically able because the ones that you see on tv are now being employed for that there were always women wrestlers that were this good but they weren't on the main shows they weren't on wwe programming because they hired women as eye candy as opposed to their physical ability but now they're being hired for the physical ability, which in my opinion is aces because it's where it should be done. And it's also making for some excellent new styles of wrestling because the women tend to be smaller, right? Just in stature and frame than the men. So they can do more interesting moves. They right, can do right. different moves, stuff that you don't normally see. Um, so yeah, that that's one of the bigger changes. So there are... As as the product continues to evolve, it changes more and more just based on trends. I really love this stuff, you know. I, I can tell, honestly. And and I'm I'm glad that you've let us kind of stumble into this accidentally because um I'm actually very intrigued by all this. So when when you mentioned a moment ago the the women being able to do in many cases more interesting moves because they're not just, you know, these um, these refrigerators of, of men and women. Um, it it reminded me that when I briefly really liked professional wrestling was or uh, uh, sports entertainment was um, like you said earlier in the late nineties. And what happened was my younger brother, who um, I think is your age, um, he is a few years younger than I. 
he had gotten really into it for some reason. He was in middle school at the time. Um, and so he had, so I, I, I think he was in middle school. He's like 10 at the time, give or take a little bit. And he had gotten really into it. And so I just kind of started watching it because on the family TV, he would have on like WrestleMania or raw. I think raw was the one that we often watched. Um, and he would have that show on, and so I was like, well, there's, I'm not going to go just sit and read a book, because at the time I didn't really enjoy that sort of thing, so I might as well just watch. And my favorite segments, far and away, were the ones with the wrestlers that I believe were, uh, or were, were claimed to have been Mexican wrestlers. Yeah, I don't, the I, luchadors. Yes, mm-hmm. and they almost always wore masks that almost always um, occluded their entire faces, and they did some of the most unbelievably impressive and acrobatic maneuvers I've ever seen in my life. I don't know how, I don't know how that's possible. And every single one of them did all sorts of these like crazy moves, and those were always far and away my favorite. Yeah, Lucha um, kind of left the WWE for a while in a, in a, in a serious way. Um, they they had a few kind of luchadors knocking around for a while just because they were the most popular of that time so they they stuck around you know um and one of the reasons that happened was is that the american cruiserweight size wrestlers so not the heavyweights you know the cruiserweights the smaller the smaller men in stature they started to adopt the lucha wrestling moves like hurricane mm-hmm. runners and, and crazy flips and suplexes. So that kind of went away for a while. It's starting to make a bit more of a comeback now. Um, on one of the other things that, you know, talking about style changes is the Japanese style is, is making more of its way over into the West. Now the Japanese style of, of, of uh, sports entertainment, professional wrestling, whatever you want to call it is more, is more violent in strike. So everything is is exaggerated in however they do it. I don't know how they make it look this way, but everything looks like it hits harder. Hmm. Um and they're faster in their movement. Um and it, and it it do, it's not really working yet with the with the kind of the western style, but it's again it's one of those things that is bit by bit starting to come over more. But yeah, the 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 Mexican wrestlers the luchadors that was a style that was really popular for a while, then kind of went away as it kind of soaked into the rest of it, but is now kind of coming about again with a few uh, additions to kind of the, the rosters and the, the people that are popping up again. Yeah. So I remember those being my favorites by far. And I remember that at the time, and my, my timeline is probably a little bit off, but I think I'm in the ballpark at the time, the rock was like the new cool guy. Yeah. And and Stone Cold was definitely still around. I remember that much. Um, but The Rock was like the new up and comer. Or well, I think at this yeah. point Steve he was Austin already... broke his neck um and was out for like nine months. And during that time The Rock became the top guy and Stone Steve Austin never got it back. Right. And so I think you're describing the time in which I paid attention because it was not yeah. very long. If and The it, Rock was the top guy and Steve Austin was in it, that was after Steve Austin broke his neck and he actually broke his neck. It, during wrestling, I assume? Uh, he had an original injury that came about in one instance, one night. Um, it was He was badly dropped in a move and it um, he uh, broke part of his spinal cord, column, I believe. Um, oh, grief. 
and then and finished the match, won the match, won a title actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, insane. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much that happened after it because he he was basically unconscious. Um, one of the worst finishes you'll ever see. Uh, but he then, over the years, that injury got worse and worse until he then had to take like a year away and then came back again. So is he in it right now? No, he retired a few years ago. Okay. For injuries. So, yeah, so The Rock was like the cool guy at the time. This was, you know, before any of the movies. And I actually... I haven't seen any of his movies in a couple of years now that I can remember, but I actually quite like The Rock as like an action star, as like a replacement Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, and Don't quote me on this because somebody just told me this and I have not clarified it, but mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, The Rock was the highest paid actor in Hollywood. Hmm. That's actually that somewhat surprising. A big deal. Yeah. He's I mean, the biggest success uh, that a wrestler has, ha- has been. He is the mo- He has the most success any wrestler has had after their wrestling career was over. But he still pops up. Like, he is... The last two WrestleManias, he's been in the main event. Like, he came back and was in the main event. And wrestled? And wrestled and was good. That's what's so annoying about that guy, uh, is that he he was away for years. He hadn't wrestled in, like, five or six years at least and was in the main event and was against their top guy, a guy called John Cena. Oh, yeah, I know that name. Yeah, and he was awesome. And then... One of those times, he won the championship and had the championship for like three or four months. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. It was awesome, in all honesty. That is crazy. So, um, like, one of one of my favorite, like, just for fun movies, you know, not not a movie that I would hold up as like, no, this is my favorite movies or my favorite movie. But one of my favorite movies, if I just want to put on something silly to watch for the fun of it, is The Rundown. Have you ever seen The Rundown with no. The Rock? No. Is that a football movie? No, okay. no, no. It's we should if we can break our '90s movies rule for Mike at the movies, we should do this at some point because I think it was the two, the two thousands, and I don't think any of your podcasts have claimed the two thousands yet. So maybe we can maybe we can step out of our comfort zone. But it's The Rock, and um, you've seen American Pie, right? Yeah, I've seen American Pie. Okay, so you, do you remember Stifler, the kind of goofy guy with the um, supposedly attractive mom? Uh, yeah. Okay, so that Sean guy... Sean William Scott. I believe that's right. I was just about to say, I'm pretty sure his name is what you said, Sean William Scott. The two of them are the two stars. Oh, and, um, um shoot, I'm drawing a blank on the lady's name. Rosario Dawson. That's who it is. Oh, and Walken. I forgot about Walken. Walken is in it as well. Christopher Walken. Oh, such a good movie. Anyway, super entertaining movie. And I, and this is one of The Rock's earlier films, I believe. In fact, it might be... Uh, no, I think he did like The Mummy or something like that or Scorpion King or whatever. But this was one of the first ones that he had like headlined. I thought he was really good. And I guess that comes from, you know, there's more acting in, in wrestling than one would originally think. But anyway, it was a really good movie and I really enjoyed it. And I don't know where I was what going with this. What makes him such a good uh, actor is what made him such a good wrestler, which mm-hmm. is his charisma. Yeah, that's very well put. I, I think that makes sense. But but that's when I watch wrestling. And um and I remember I wasn't I think I went to college at this point, but I um my my younger brother who was into wrestling was still into wrestling and The Rock was like making an appearance at like the local shopping mall or something like that in Connecticut. And Connecticut. And uh, my mom and my brother went to like just, you know, meet him and get a picture and like shake his hand or whatever. You know, it's like a line of people. You have five seconds in front of the guy and uh, and you move along. So anyway, so they went to meet The Rock and I 
think I got like a phone call afterwards or something like that, but I've heard the story a hundred times that the rocks arms during his wrestling days, and they may, they probably know they could be bigger now, but they're as big now, if not bigger, because now he has show muscles. Okay. So there you go. Apparently his arms were like twice the size of my then middle school brother's torso or something like that. They, I mean, I'm sure I'm exaggerating, but whatever it was, it was ridiculous. His thing was always that he had 25, 26 inch pythons as he used to call them his biceps Mm -hmm. so like a waist yeah it's just insane like i can't fathom what that would look like but anyway all right so um what are your favorite characters slash wrestlers i don't know what the correct parlance parlance uh, i don't know what the correct terminology is for this but what is your what are your favorite people my favorite female wrestlers right now uh sasha banks and bailey they are my favorite female wrestlers my favorite male wrestlers are finn bellor and uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Are, are these favorites. all NXT? I assume they are. They all were NXT. Um, a couple of them are now on the main show. They kind of got a promotion, mm-hmm. uh, okay. but they were all NXT. You know, this is interesting. It really is, and it. it uh, I can't see myself getting into wrestling because you should. Uh, it, like, it, it's not. You so- know. On paper, it doesn't seem like anything that would appeal to me. But listening to you talk about it, I can't help but think. I mean, I tell maybe you I what, I should take a look. I tell you what. I mean, this might have to be one of those. I don't know how you'd get it, right? Other than signing up for a month, but you should maybe watch the one that I'm going to tomorrow. <laughs> Fair enough. Actually, we'll see how good it is. Otherwise, I'll show you the one that got me back into it a year ago because it was just fantastic. I I would like you to just see it, and it's it's two hours, you know, so mm-hmm. it's not going to take the most amount of time out. I would love for you to just watch it over our break and come back and tell me what you think about it. Yeah, uh, we'll see what I can do. You'll have to remind me though. Um, is it live? Is it broadcast live or is it pre-recorded? Yeah, it's going to be live tomorrow. And then the funny thing is, uh, they always do the specials live. They do a special every two months. They always do it as live. The other ones on NXT are pre-recorded. Um, they pre-record them over a couple of weeks, actually, and and put put the matches together. And th- this is the only show they do that with, and it's because they are all learning. Um, like even the funny thing on NXT, everyone is learning. The camera people are learning. The announcers <laughs> are learning. Like everyone is, which right. is really interesting as a way to do it. They train their entire company of people basically to be eventually go up to the main roster. Mm-hmm. Very smart. So wait, so what time is this broad or what time is this thing tomorrow for you? So tomorrow for me, it starts at eight o'clock. So it's actually going to be on in America tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern on the WWE Network. Yeah, that's but a terrible again, time. It will have already been on by now, but usually it's not. Usually it's 8 p.m. Eastern, but okay. they're not going to have it start here at two in the morning, are they? Well, like, that's why I asked. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So usually they would show these things at 8 p.m. Eastern. So yes, I would stay up until four in the morning watching it. Hmm. Fascinating. Okay. So as a final note to the subject, and then we'll see if we have any time for anything else afterwards, what kind of follow-up do you expect to get from this? Uh, The closet wrestling fans coming out, telling me how much they love it. And then people thinking that I'm crazy pants. And something that I know I'm going to get a bunch of, because I do anyway, from the people that have been able to guess, is people asking me a variation of the same question. So one of the questions is, why is there no wrestling podcast on Relay that you host? Uh, B, and, and then B, people are asking me to do one 
and have them as the co-hosts. I get this quite a bit. Uh, so here's a couple of answers to this question is, one, I would love a wrestling podcast on Relay. I would love one because I would love to do it because I have podcasts about all of the things that I love the most and this is the only one left that I don't have one for. But there's a couple of things about this. One is Relay is not our home for a wrestling podcast. It just doesn't fit for me. Um, the Pen Addict... Yeah, yeah. The Pen Addict exists on Relay because the Pen Addict was around before, right? And and it was made sense to us. Would we do it today? I don't know. But I, to me, it just feels like a wrestling show doesn't really fit so much. I, yeah. I don't know why. I just, I just, I just haven't got. Whilst I really want to do it, I just don't know if right now. I I feel like it would be kind of out of place to launch it now. Um, the pen addict was there from the start, so it's just kind of like part of the furniture, as it were, you know. <laughs> um, like, it, well, it's just you know, for anybody that's ever come to relay, the pen addict has always been a part of it. But now, any new show that we launch is a thing, right? Like, we do it, and it's a big thing that we do. Uh, and I know that there would be people that would listen to it. But the other thing is, like, I actually I don't think we could get a very large audience, and I don't think it would be large enough to warrant doing it, um, because these days I have to be to think about that. You know, like I don't think I could even sell sponsors for it, to be honest, because I I just don't know who I would contact in that world. So the thing like the pan addict that that would have suffered the same problem, but I did the pan addict for so long for with for no money but i can't really make those decisions so much anymore um and the pen we've been around for so long and obviously i had brad who came from that world we had lots of contacts uh, lots of contacts and connections to to hook that stuff up so like you know would i do a wrestling podcast with me and a friend or a listener who really love wrestling that i you know share this stuff with there are a couple of people that i talk to and one person that I really love to talk to about this stuff is my brother. Like I love to talk about both my brother, talk, talk about this stuff with both of my brothers, and you know, so they would make sense. But then that still doesn't feel right. You know, basically, it just I would love to just every week have a show that records on Thursday that talks about NXT mainly, and then just anything else that's happening. Because one of the things that wrestling fans love to do is. A combination of kind of like writing their own storylines, you know, like what they would do in that scenario. Like, oh, mm-hmm. what? how would I get out of this problem or get from here to here? Like, you know, like right now people are talking about who do they think would win the, win the Royal Rumble and go to the main event at WrestleMania. That's what everyone's talking about right now because it's that time of the year. Who do they think it would be? How would it play out over the next few months? Or like, you know, there's something that you that you think's not going right. How would you fix it? Like all wrestling fans love to have these conversations. I love to have these conversations. I know I could fill the time easy every week, but I just don't. It just, whilst it's something I really want to do, it just doesn't feel right. It, there's just something, I just haven't been able to reconcile in my mind why that would exist. So that's the long answer. And then there's this other part where like every single word I say it, every single word I've said in like the last ninety seconds has made Stephen's hair curl. Why is that? I just you know I can just imagine that he's just like oh please don't start a wrestling podcast. 
Well, just because, just because it's not something he likes doesn't mean it can't be something that you like. No, but it's like for the same reasons that I'm not currently doing one. Yeah, yeah. Because I just don't think it works right now with our business. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe in some time, maybe as if like we continue to grow and it's like easier to be hidden, <laughs> maybe, maybe right. then. But like right now, uh, maybe not so much. Or maybe like, you know, in a year's time, like I really want to do it. We decide it doesn't work and then I just do it on the side. But again, hmm. I don't ever really want to have an on the side show anymore. It just doesn't, doesn't fit for me. But who knows? Maybe I just never do it. Or maybe in six weeks, or maybe Stephen hears this and he's like, you should do it. And then in like three weeks' time, <laughs> wrestling <laughs> show, but I find it unlikely. Nice. All right. Um, any other things <sighs> you'd like to add? I, well, I'm, I'm genuinely fascinated by this, and I'm really, I do, hand on heart, neither of us planned this for this episode. I think you have alluded to it numerous times in the past, in fact, even recently, but we, this was completely accidental, and uh, I'm really, I am really glad we did this, because I found it really fascinating, and I hope you don't deeply regret it. I don't yet. <laughs> and the embarrassment went away quite quickly as, as I got further through my old-fashioned Nice. And be, just got more and more excited to talk about it because I was able to let my guard down because you weren't mocking me, which is what I'm very used to in these scenarios. It's nothing on you, but just like people start asking you questions and then they start laughing at you. Uh, so that didn't happen, which is great. Go team. I'm looking forward to seeing the type of feedback that we get. And uh, I now have a few weeks to stew on it, right? Because this is we're about to take our break before we go into our fortnightly schedule. So this yep, is the last yep. episode of 2015. Mm-hmm. So I now have a long time to sit and wait <laughs> for, <laughs> to be able to talk about this again. I mean, luckily, at least I'll be seeing the feedback, but uh, I now have a couple of weeks to sit on this until January. You have a couple of weeks to actually watch one of these shows. Yeah, no pressure. I, all right, we'll see what I can do. It's probably only fair. Uh, well, I've, like I said, I appreciate you uh, going through this with me. Uh, where can we find you online? Uh, you can go to, oh, me. You find me online. You can mm-hmm. go to twitter.com slash imike. That's the full full website for you in case you need to know where Twitter is. You can go to twitter.com slash caseyliss, C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S for caseyliss. Go to caseyliss.com for Casey's writing. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors for this episode, Squarespace and Hover. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please go easy on me. And we'll have a great <laughs> holiday season. Have a happy new year. And we'll be back in 2016. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs>